0: This is the news and talk station of New York with Greg Jelly, Real Real New York, 77 W.A.B.C.
1: You folks remember Leonid Brezhnev, Leonid Brezhnev, the Soviet premier, uh, back when we were thinking about the Soviet Union all the time, preparing for war against the big red menace. Uh I was watching a Leonid Brezhnev speech today. Uh I did because well I was Joe Biden reminded me of uh a great big fat Soviet liar. He was giving his little talk about uh, the economy is going great, everything's fantastic, we're on top of it all, we're on top and it just his manner, his delivery, everything about the guy reminded me of some uh Kremlin apparatchik Uh, lying. It comes so easy. And of course, tonight on the Newsmax show, we'll do a quick little rehash of all the times that he's been caught lying. I hope we're going to be ready with the production in time. That's, uh, we only have six hours to go. A lot of lies to go through. Uh, my famous edition, the most famous edition, of course, was back in 1987 when he got busted, Uh, literally two minutes straight, two minutes of dialogue where he's lying every step of the way about where he went to college, about how he did in college, about where he ranked, about the awards that he didn't receive. It is pretty amazing. Anyway, all right, look, the week is kind of winding down. Uh, Christmas Eve is on Friday. What does that mean? I can tell. Uh, everyone is – no one's really been working as hard as they used to, but now it really is slowing down. Uh, Joe is uh, about to go away on vacation. Oh, something else about the – the president I'm going to talk about tonight, it's really not, he really isn't running things, but it's not so much Joe, it's the presidency itself. You know, we think that he is the ruler. He is in charge. Uh, we kind of want to think that about any president, that they're calling the shots. This is uh, this is somehow the White House, they're running the country. Mm, not really. Uh, there's so little that they can actually do. And Biden proudly announced that we're going from 80,000 testing uh, facilities. No, wait, uh,
2: 80,000
1: vaccine uh, locations to 90,000 vaccine locations. I mean, does that sound like a whole heck of a lot? Is that a game changer? Uh, I don't think so. It's kind of standard. Do me a favor. Play clip one.
3: Let me be clear. Thanks to the prior administration and our scientific community, America is one of the first countries to get the vaccine. Thanks to my administration and the hard work of Americans, we led a rollout that made America among the world leaders in getting shots in arms.
1: Did you hear that? He thanked Joe Biden. I mean, he thanked Donald Trump, the previous administration. The previous administration. Um, He even said he agreed with him when Donald Trump said, "Uh, I got boosted and you should too. But it's your choice. It is your choice. Uh, Do me a favor. What the hell else is going on? I'm really getting sick of him, period. Oh, I just want to highlight this. If you use the word fight, it depends on who you are if you can get away with it. All right. If you are conservative like me, if you're pro-Trump like me, they may come after you. No kidding um donald trump said the word fight like everybody says you know i'm going to fight for our country we're going to fight to make things happen and they use that word against him and they're trying to say january 6 happened because donald trump said you should fight for your rights cut 33 please from the Newsmax show
4: president trump used the word fight or fighting 20 times including telling the crowd they needed to fight like hell to save our democracy
1: wow so saying fight, saying the word fight. Now, it wasn't just Trump they were coming after. They actually came after me right around this time. Uh, here's CNN's uh, Brian Stelter uh, actually actually talking about me. You'll hear him. The word fight and conservative media are we to blame for January 6th. Cut 34.
5: Let's talk about pro-Trump media's, key networks' responsibilities. Here are... Uh, just a few examples of the rhetoric on Fox News and Newsmax and OAN in the run-up to Wednesday. Listen to the word that keeps getting repeated here.
1: He's still fighting for us. He is fighting for us. Now, we have to fight for him.
5: You hear him saying we have to fight for him. We have to fight for Trump. How much responsibility should we be assigning to pro-Trump media?
1: There there you go. I'm I'm responsible for January 6th because I said you got to fight. He fight. He fought for us. Let's fight for him. That means, that means stick up for the guy. That means be bold. That doesn't mean punch somebody in the nose. Here's here's a every Democrat in the world yelling, running around yelling the word fight. I got Joe Biden. I got Hillary Clinton. I got uh, Barack Obama. I got uh, you name it. Cut thirty five.
3: Well, I'll do as president what Donald Trump hasn't. I'll fight for you.
6: Well, I will fight for you. I want to fight for you.
1: Isn't that funny? When I say fight, they actually make a little segment out of it it on CNN. Greg Kelly is uh, encouraging January 6th. But they can say it all they want. Um, Oh, here's a, speaking of fake news, uh, a commercial for CNN. Uh, They are, what do they say about themselves? Cut 36. This is CNN, the most trusted name in news. CNN, right now. In 2021, they have written big fat checks to um, Michael Fanone, fake Capitol Hill cop, and John Sullivan, also known as Jaden X, their videographer on January 6th. Yep, he served as their freelance photographer on January 6th. He's the one who caught the death of Ashley Babbitt on video. And uh, here's what he has to say about uh, Donald Trump back when he was president in August of 2020. John Sullivan, CNN freelance employee. Cut 37.
6: My group is Insurgents USA.
5: We're about to burn this down. This. We got to rip Trump out of that office right over there and pull him out that. Nah, no, nah, we ain't about waiting until the next election. We about to go get that mother. I ain't about that. Because you know what time it is? I want y'all to be after me. It's time, it's time! For, revolution.
1: for revolution. CNN, the most trusted name in news. And entering the uh, the news organization over there is uh, Officer Michael Fanone. His cops, his cop buddies, his colleagues have had enough with them. He even said, they don't trust me anymore. Yeah, you think? Uh, let's see. Cut 39, if you don't mind.
2: I feel like I went to hell and back to protect them and the people in this room. But too many are now telling me that hell doesn't exist or that hell actually wasn't that bad. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. Ooh. Well,
1: welcome to CNN. Welcome to CNN. Actually, one, no, I'm going to skip to uh, Harry Dunn. He's another big fake cop. Too fat to be a cop, quite frankly. Sorry, I've struggled with my weight many years, but uh, and uh, you know, I I don't know if I was always able to join the police department. Done somehow. He's four hundred pounds. He's on the police department, yet he's still sitting down with um, with TV interviewers. He's done about four hundred interviews since January. Just as a reminder, here's the cop, the Capitol Hill cop. Uh, testifying in the summertime, and I think he now wants a big job either at CNN or MSNBC, and he just might get one. Uh, Cut 41.
7: I use an analogy to describe what I want as a hitman. If a hitman is hired and he kills somebody, the hitman goes to jail. But not only does the hitman go to jail, but the person who hired them does. There was an attack carried out on January 6th And a hitman sent them.
1: That's Donald Trump, he sent. Now, Capitol Hill cop Harry Dunn says that uh, Donald Trump should be arrested and charged with being a hitman. Uh, This is a Capitol Hill cop. He's a regular cop. Regular cops are not supposed to sound off uh, on political issues in public forums like this. You can sound off on Twitter if you want, fine. But there he is wearing his uniform, and he's still out there beating the drum Um, uh, they're racist. Uh, January 6th is the worst thing that ever happened. Cut 42.
7: There were times when I would eat lunch in my car just because I didn't want to be around people. And I would just isolating myself and just... There were times when I I would just cry. I would physically cry and just say... Why the hell am I doing this? Like, Is this even worth it?
1: Dunn grew up in Prince George's County and played football at James Madison, then in the Canadian Football League, before making a big shift, choosing to serve his country, protecting the citadel of democracy as a capital officer.
7: There's a proud group of men and
1: women that I work with. But this year marked another shift for Officer Dunn, from officer to advocate. He has spent this year... Lobbying for an independent commission to investigate this unparalleled American horror. And he testified publicly about what happened here January 6th to counter the sea of lies and conspiracy theories. Lies and conspiracy theories. Wow. Dunn has his uh, Dunn's really an active guy. Here he is. He's a cop. And he's lobbying Congress. He's a Capitol Hill cop, and he's lobbying Congress. Lies and conspiracy theories. Here's what they say is a lie, all right, or a conspiracy theory. My concern for Ashley Babbitt, the unarmed woman who was shot by uh, another Capitol Hill cop. Why do those cops walk away? Why isn't anybody talking about that? Final word on Harry Dunn here. Uh, ooh, he's getting the therapy he needs. Uh, I think he needs a personal trainer, but uh, cut 43. I'm not over it and like i guess i don't think you ever get over it but some of my co-workers are still out
7: and some of them are still suffering with psychological effects and that bothers me
1: he too says he's still in therapy and also watching the cases of those charged
7: i am going to continue telling my story and if my truth that's all i can do
1: i i can't worry about what people choose to believe for this officer it's a new way he's found to protect and serve um my truth. Did you catch that? He wants to tell his truth. Whatever happened to the truth? Everybody has their own version these days. And, uh, yeah, my truth, my truth. I'm going to talk about my truth, which I am i have a hunch is the truth. But you let me know, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-WABC.
0: This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Man, it's a ghost town even at the station. No one's here. I thought
1: we were 24-7. Where the hell is Lydia? Where's the other guy? What's going on around here? It's dead. It's dead inside and outside. It just feels like, uh, I don't know, summer vacation has uh, already started or winter vacation or whatever. All right. How's the swing? How are you enjoying the swing? All right, all right, all right. Uh, let's talk to Don in Cranford, New Jersey. Uh, I think that's where it is. Hello?
8: Hey, Greg. It's Don, it's Don from Cranford, New Jersey. That's right.
1: All right. Can you hear me? Yeah, loud and clear. What's, yeah, up? And clear. what's up?
8: Yeah, well, I'm... I, I'm Turn off your radio! I, down. I, I write, Oh, I think my radio's
1: off. No? Turn it all the way can down. Can you hear me? I can hear okay. an echo. It's, it's weird. Off. All right, what's up?
8: I'm going to put
1: you, I'm going to take you off speaker. Yeah. And. Okay. Can you hear me better? Yes. Jesus. Okay. Sorry. Excuse me. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm
8: a, I'm a historian in our town. I write the stories of the of the fallen heroes in our on our memorial uh, each year. It's an ongoing project. And last year we wrote the story of the six men that died in the Spanish uh, flu. And it seems the Spanish Wait a flu second. Happened. Why
1: did you write that story? Of all the things that happened in history, six men who died it's, in the Spanish. Wait a second. Six million people died in the Spanish flu. Why'd you pick six?
8: Uh, Eighty-six uh, men in our town died in war of the since World War One, and six of them died of the Spanish flu during oh, World War One. Gotcha. All so right, since makes since, more sense. We were in among, since we were amongst this pandemic going on. We dug deep into the into the story, and it seems that although six hundred thousand people died in the United States. Uh, It all happened in six months. And at six months, there was no vaccination that ended it. It was ended by variants that were non-lethal. And it it, it mutated to two non-lethal, and and that was the end of the Spanish flu. And it went on for two years, the the Spanish flu, but the deaths only lasted six months. And, and And I have not once heard that this Omicron could possibly be that variant that seems like it uh, the type of variant that ended the Spanish flu. But I haven't heard that from anywhere. And I just thought that was interesting. And that was clearly written in history. That's how the Spanish flu uh, ended, not by a vaccine, but by variants that weren't lethal. So it sounds to me like Omicron is not lethal. So I'm hoping that maybe this is it. But you'd think somebody would mention this, and I haven't heard that once.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm hearing it from you. Omicron, not lethal. I know that. And you're saying the Spanish flu. Are you sure about this? The Spanish flu uh, ended yeah. because of variants... I am. I am sure. Like I said, I'm a historian. It's written. in... Well, excuse me. uh, You're a historian for Cranford, New Jersey. Of course, you must know. I mean, forgive me, but I mean, you know. I mean, look.
8: Well, I mean, you don't have the background. I I mean, are you sure? I, I have three. I have three fact checkers that, that check every, you know everything that we written. I mean, it comes from uh, documents that were written during the, during the time.
1: All right, um, documents. All know. right. Hey, look, I'm very intrigued with what you said, and that would be great news. Well, this... I, well there was no
8: vaccine for the Spanish flu. You, you realize that, right? So it, it it you know it's sort of like like you know jokingly, uh, John, Donald Trump says, "Oh, it just went away," and everybody laughed at him. But uh, that's how that's how viruses run their course. And he was hopeful. He was, hoping, he was just hoping
1: he was just hoping it was going to run his run. <laughs> uh, it was going to just vanish. But guess what? He was getting that from Fauci because Fauci told me he told me he told me directly. He said, this is not something to worry about. He said it to me. Listen, man, I think you might. I'm, I'm very intrigued. I'm going to check this out. And uh, thank double you. Check it. Yeah. Well, it's the,
8: the article that is written on our website. That's right. Crawford 86 dot org. But it's, uh, you know, uh, I, I could send you the documents and the, and the articles. Oh, I check I, it out
1: online. Cranford86.org. Thank you. Thank you, Don, very much. Uh, huh. That's interesting. Bernard is calling from on Long Island. Where? Hello? Yes. Hello? You, don't be oh so emphatic. Are you these okay? Phones. You know, something about these
9: phones. I don't like these cell phones. Stop it. Bernard, Bernard all right,
1: put him on hold for a second. That's He's got to be acting. I don't know what his deal is. Ryan in Middletown, New Jersey. Uh,
2: hello. Hi, Craig. First time caller. Love your, not only your radio show, but your TV show as well as Newsmax. Thank and you. And I like your Trump impersonations, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I just want to talk about uh, Governor Murphy for a moment. Um, basically here, um, I'm actually a little surprised he's not doing COVID restrictions. It's because... Um, I think he realizes that if he does do it before the holidays, everyone's going to go after him. And be like, what? Be like, you jerk! Why do you ruin my Christmas and all of that? And then um, at the state house, I'm not sure if you heard about this. Republicans are currently in a civil civil war with Democrats right now because um, recently there was this COVID vaccine uh, mandate that had to be in place at the um, state house, and Republicans, uh, some of the Republicans didn't take the vaccine, which I get and then um the in the assembly which is basically the uh What do you mean some of the out?
1: republicans didn't get the vaccine? There are people from all walks of life not getting the vaccine. All walks I of know. life. There are democrats, there are millennials, there are woke people, there are all kinds of people uh saying <laughs> no. They try to they no, they try to portray this as a Trump supporter right-wing thing. It's not. It's just not. But anyway, what else? Yeah. Yeah,
2: I know. All and right, then, I know um, the
1: worst thing—the the, worst—worse than being in New Jersey is hearing about New Jersey. So, uh, especially Trenton, New Jersey. I'm just kidding, but what, what what's the upshot here?
2: So the upshot is that uh, Craig Coughlin, who is the um, oh. the uh, House Speaker for the Asc- for the Lower House, yeah, um, actually is used the state police to um to like block the Republicans from coming in, and then just on this past Monday. Republicans were locked out from coming into the state house for some stupid reason and then the Republicans sued the Democrats as usual but of course since how corrupt our state is uh our, and our how our justice system is in the state um they of course shot it down because well too many democrats are in control and and i bet you Democrat, democrats in new jersey are worse than the ones in dc or just as bad but um yeah Hey well and look then, don't
1: blame me man i was uh, i was pushing what was his name Citterelli 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 Citterella
2: i like that guy what was his name You know actually, yeah yeah i i voted for him and and i i was just surprised at the election in, right. in Thanks California. Ryan i got to go
1: thank you thank you good points interesting i think Peter is also standing by also in New Jersey uh yes sir
5: Hey Craig, I don't know if you're aware of uh, the Newsmax uh, bulletin that came out stating that a uh, hundred billion in pandemic relief funds have been stolen.
1: I am aware of it. I actually wrote that bulletin. Uh, no, Are I don't. Kidding, I it, know Freddy? all about this, and it's incredible. Uh, auditors, we now know that an astonishing amount of money – and this is what happens when you're uh, dealing with the government. It all goes away. They can't account for this kind of money. They're just the worst people in the world when it comes to spending money. So we're going to be talking about this tonight. We're just kind of getting our hands around it. What? Uh, yeah, look, we're not the only ones who have this story. It's out there. Can you believe that? $100 billion, right? That was supposed to go to the people. They can't figure out where billion. it is. Billion. 100 billion with a, a billion. B. With the big, yes. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Secret Service, $100 billion stolen from COVID relief programs. Nearly $100 billion has been stolen from U.S. government COVID relief programs, most in unemployment fraud. Uh, now, by the way, the Associated Press broke this story. The sheer size of the pot is enticing to the criminals, said Roy Dotson, the Secret Service pandemic fraud recovery coordinator. Uh, it's, I mean, look, it's the government for you. They can't, they just... They're just not good at stuff. I'll be right back.
0: This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC.
1: Uh, <laughs> all right. Welcome back. Are you going anywhere? Are you doing anything? Or are you just going to – somebody just flew out of this place, tested positive for COVID, and they were gone I kind of envied him. <laughs> I just thought, I just like, wow, there he goes. Nobody asked any questions. COVID test positive, and there he goes, and um, that's it. Uh-oh, uh-oh, breaking news here. I was just thinking about this guy this morning, James Franco. Whatever the hell happened to James Franco? Spider-Man, uh, what else was he in? He's a bunch of stuff. This just, uh, well, it's been there for an hour or so. James Franco admits to having sex with his students. That was wrong. You know, James Franco, he went out and got himself a bunch of graduate degrees. At one point, he was going to NYU and Yale at the same time. It was very weird. And I remember at the time thinking, this is kind of weird. Um, He left the Academy Awards he was hosting to get on a plane. And he left, he went right to get on a plane to go to... Uh, New Haven, Connecticut, and everybody was like, "Oh, wow, that's so studious of him." And I'm like, "Hmm, something is not right about this." <laughs> I've never been to the Oscars, but I happen to know that they have a lot of parties, big parties right after the ceremony. And if you're the master of ceremonies, I think it would be it would be prudent and maybe it was be appropriate and fun to go to some of those parties. No, he went right to Yale. <laughs> Let me get back to university. I'm a movie star. I got to hit the books. Let's see here. James Franco is finally copping to having sex with his students more than two years after they accused him of sexual exploitation. The This is the End star. What the hell is that? This is the End. Like, I'm supposed to know that. It's like the gun with the Wind star. What is This is the End? Is that that stupid comedy he made with s- at the end of the world? Oh, gosh, that was a bad movie. That was a ridiculously – I don't walk out of too many movies. I walked out of that. Uh, The This Is The End star admitted in a wide-ranging interview with Jess Cagle. Who's that? Um, Do you guys know who that is? No. All these famous people you never heard of. You notice that? I mean, it's just too many. Anyway. Uh, he said that he thought sleeping with uh, his students of his acting school, Studio Number Four, was acceptable because it was consensual, but denied starting the program to have access to them. Well, I don't, I don't know about that. Look, I'll admit I did sleep with students. I didn't sleep with anybody in my certain what. I didn't sleep with anybody in my sex scenes class. But over the course of my teaching, I did sleep with students, and that was wrong. Franco, 43 years old, explained to Kegel. Gosh, you know, everybody becomes 40. You know what I mean? I remember him when he was like just the new, fresh thing. Everybody will be 40, hopefully, if you're lucky. Um, What else did he say here? But like I said, it's not why I started the school, (laughs) and I didn't. Uh, I wasn't the person that selected the people to be in the class, so it wasn't a master plan on my part. But yes, there were certain instances where, you know, what I was in a consensual thing with, with a student, and I shouldn't have been. Franco acknowledged that he realized sleeping with his students was poor form after having conversations with other people about the concept. What were these other people? <laughs> I, I, this is fishy. And this is one of those things where I think he should have just kept his mouth shut. You know what I mean? He just... I suppose at the time, my thinking was, if it's consensual, okay. Of course, I knew, you know, talking to other people, other teachers, or whatever, like, yeah, it's probably not a cool thing. Probably. At the time, I was not clear-headed, as I've said. So I guess my... Why wasn't he clear-headed? So I guess... So I guess my, I guess, that's how he says it. So I guess my, I guess it comes down to my criteria was like, if this is consensual, like, I think it's cool, we're all adults. So ex-students Sarah Tither Kaplan and Tony Gall filed a lawsuit in the Los Angeles County Superior Court two years ago claiming Franco and other instructors pressured women to get naked for auditions while dangling opportunities for movie roles. That rarely materialized. Oh, boy. I don't like to use the word creep, but this sounds pretty creepy. All right. I'll be right
0: back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Yeah, this sounded
1: like a school set up so James Franco could hook up with the students. That's uh, definitely what I'm picking up here. And that's kind of what I picked up uh, back when he was running off to grad school. Imagine if you're in some crummy graduate program, you know, trying to get a degree and a movie star walks in. That's gonna that's gonna cause a little bit of uh, tension, uh, excitement, upheaval in the normal course of uh, Academic Affairs, I think. It's a hunch. Let's see here. By engaging in widespread, inappropriate, and sexually charged behavior towards female students, Franco created an environment of harassment and sexual exploitation at the school, claims the first suit reported by the New York Times. The former Freaks and Geeks star's attorney denied any wrongdoing at the time. This is not the first time that these claims have been made, and they have already been debunked. Ooh, James will not fully... James will not only fully defend himself, but he will also see damages. Okay, so he settled with these guys. I think, yeah. Uh, Franco settled the lawsuit for 2.2 million dollars back in June. Uh, they closed this uh, sex house, I mean studio, in 2017. I let a lot of people down. I let my students down. I let the I hosted the Oscars. I let them down. <laughs> well, you know what? Good for him for admitting it. Because he was terrible when he hosted the Oscars. I remember he came out to host the Oscars, and he was texting. He was tweeting on his phone while he was hosting. He let his co-workers down as well on all of his movies. During the interview, Franco also admitted, ooh, he's battled sex addiction. And before his current girlfriend, Isabel Pakzad, he cheated on everyone. Now, there's something else he said here. He wasn't clear-headed. Now... I am pretty sure he's spent most of his life on dope, on marijuana. And I know a lot of people do it, and a lot of people swear by it, and a lot of people hate it when I uh, say it's something you should not do. But it's something that I've done five times, uh, four or five times, each time I had a horrible experience. Oh, dude, you're just not doing it right. Whatever. Uh, It's definitely not for me, and I don't think it's for you either. I know certain cases, medical marijuana, maybe, but everything else, I think it's just, uh, I think I told you, I grew up with a guy, and we had some great times growing up, 6th, 7th, 8th grade, you know, and uh, he happens to do that stuff, and I saw him a few years back, and I'm like, hey, remember the time, hey, remember when we, and guess what, he didn't remember any of it. I blame the pot, I don't know if there's any research for that, but that's what I think's going on here uh bill in new york city
2: hello hey how you doing greg i'm just curious to know your opinion that um i went to three test sites yesterday on the street and they were asking people to scan their phone and when they scan a lot of people didn't work and then they said well give us your driver's license so people were – and they were taking pictures of their driver's licenses front and back. And I said to the guy next to me, hey, man, you think that's a good idea for them to take a picture of your driver's license? You, I mean, what are they going to do with that? Where is that going to go? And um, it seemed like a setup because it, I went to three different sites. It failed at a lot of people. And then they just said, oh, well – Well, wait, what license. do you
1: mean scan the phone? What would they oh, – can you turn had that had off, image on the
2: table. They had an image on the table. And they said, scan this image.
1: Yeah, I don't and know how to, to do that.
2: <laughs> yeah, it tur- didn't work. And then it- <laughs> so, yeah, You there?
1: Yeah, I am. So I, but I so hear I my echo. We- Can you turn it off? It's I can't talk to you like this. Sorry, Bill. I got to go. I can't stand that when that happens. I'm sorry. Um, Eddie in Goshen, New York. Yes, sir.
6: Yeah, Greg, how you doing? Fine. All right. You ready? Right. Are you the super from across the way? I've been listening to you talk for months, and I got to tell you, there's a lot of jerky boy in your voice. Oh, yeah? When you talk to people. You don't realize it, but there is.
1: All right. Well, tell you what. You keep talking up like that, I'll break your head in with a ratchet. What do you think about that?
6: What do you say there, tough guy? Have a good Christmas. You and the family. Hey, what do
1: you say we get together, huh? Paint the town. Night on the town. Give me your number.
6: What do you say? What do you say, Bill? You ready for my number? Five, five, yeah, it's five,
1: two, 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 five, five, five,
6: five.
1: No, 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 no. It's five, 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 seven, eight, five. Eddie, it's true. I yeah. love those. Uh, I love those jerky boys. I like Johnny. Right, right. well,
5: I hear it in your voice. Well, baby.
1: I don't know. I mean, that's just the way I talk. Wait, wow. Well, I'm a New Yorker. What is it to you? All right, but I do love those guys. I like Johnny Brennan. I know Johnny Brennan. I've met Johnny Brennan. He's a good guy. I've interviewed him a bunch of times. Um, and also I'm friendly with Kamal, his partner there, you know, Tarbosh, the Egyptian magician, yeah, the Kissel, Egyptian magician.
6: yeah all those yeah, guys. Yeah, so,
1: um, no, I'm very well versed and, uh, I like those guys a lot. The only issue I have is that the jerky boys are no longer friendly with each other. Kamal doesn't talk to Johnny and Johnny doesn't talk to Kamal. And I think that's terrible. They brought such uh, um, what?
2: Maybe one day. One day, maybe. You
1: sound like a jerky boy, by the way. You really sound like one of the characters. You do. <laughs> oh,
9: the super from across the way.
1: Yeah, Brett Ware. That was Brett Ware, who actually exists. Brett All right, Ware. Eddie, nobody knows what we're talking about except us, so I appreciate it. Actually, there probably are a lot of jerky boy fans out there. Eddie, I appreciate it. Let's see one more. Somebody wants to say something about marijuana. David, oh, David in Queens. Hello.
2: Yeah, hey, Greg, thanks for taking my call. I have a few friends, and they're actually have uh, very high IQs, but as life has gone on, I've noticed just from talking to them that they just sound dumber and dumber. Like, I think it just makes you slow and dumb. I don't know if there's research behind that, but I couldn't agree more, if that's what you were saying.
1: So I I don't know if the research says slow and dumb, but something bad is happening to people on, on dope. And there's this guy I know, Dr. Sabet, Who's really good on this stuff, and he says it's a—it's just the worst thing in the world. Hey, you know what it does? It saps your ambition. This I know. It makes sense too. If you feel totally content, if you feel totally relaxed, you know what's the incentive to go out and make stuff happen to improve your life, better your situation? Not much. When you think about it, it's very logical. Nancy Reagan, say it. Said it. I'll say it. Just say no. I'll be right back.
0: This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. People are asking me about my
1: uh, brand new baby. Uh, Two weeks old as of tomorrow, 14 days old. Already we can see a little bit of a personality. She's very gentle, she's snuggly, more snuggly than her older sister. Uh, what else is she doing? Not much. Um, it's incredibly, she's incredibly light and small. That's kind of cool. Um, I think I told you uh, the other, the older sibling uh, has only engaged her once verbally, and it was pretty interesting. It was the first sentence I ever heard her say. The baby's crying, and uh, the older sister is in a high chair, and she looks down at her and says, don't cry, baby. It was just amazing. Now, she's not even two, and she said, don't cry, baby. That's a that's a sentence. Don't cry, baby. So um, I'm, uh, I'm very pleased. Uh, everything seems to be happening mentally that is supposed to be happening. That's wonderful. Uh, oh, Tara Reid, the accuser of Joe Biden, and I'm going to ask her right now, uh, is there any way she can come on? Is there any way you can come on right this afternoon so tara reed accused joe biden of sexual assault in the early 1990s um, very serious accusation uh, she worked for joe biden that's a matter of record she could place herself there on capitol hill in the office of joe biden although allegedly it happened in a hallway and um look i know people make up stuff and there is the there is the very real thing of false accusations, and I have deep concerns about that when it happens, and we don't always know when it happens or when it's happening or not happening or whatever. Chris Noth, I, I very skeptical of that. Um, but you know, she—I think she's telling the truth, or she believes this happened. I don't think she's a liar. Maybe she is, but I don't think so. And also, this, her case received virtually no attention whatsoever where Christine Blasey Ford, the whole country stopped so we could listen to that nonsense for, what was it, two days? And why do I call it nonsense? Well, there wasn't a shred of corroborating evidence, not a shred. She could not even prove that she had ever even met Kavanaugh before. That's a problem. I mean, that's a huge problem. You don't stop the whole country to listen to somebody. Who, who comes up with the story about something that happened or may not have happened 40 years prior. You don't. They did it for Christine Blasey Ford. They didn't do it for Tara Reid, and she had a hell of a lot more evidence. And, uh, excuse me. Some of the mm, – sorry. <coughs> What's wrong? I'll be oh, – oh, one moment, one moment. Oh, where's the di- – oh, gee whiz. Hold on. All right. All right. <coughs> All right, I'm good. I'm fine, uh, I think. Yeah, I'm all right. Where is that soundbite where we had the mother talking about... Oh, Tara Reed's mother. Here it is, cut 44. Tara, this is Tara Reed's mother calling in to Larry King. I'm sorry about that, by the way. In 1993, this is what we call corroborating evidence.
4: I'm wondering what... Um, uh a staffer uh, would do besides go to the press in Washington. My daughter has just left there uh, after working for a prominent senator and could not get through with her problems at all. And the only thing she could have done was go to the press, and she chose not to do it out of respect for him.
1: Isn't that something? Isn't that wild? And Larry King had a few follow-up questions uh, she wouldn't reveal, but it was from San San Luis Obispo, California. That's where Tara Reid's family was at the time. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's called evidence. That's called uh, maybe circumstantial or whatever, but it's indicative that she had a story to tell. So I'm hoping that she will come on this show. Is there any way you could do it right now? Is there a way? I'm messaging Tara Reid right now. We're in touch. I like her. Is there a a way you could do it today at, what time do you say, Uh, 2.30? 2.30. Would you guys like to hear that? You know who has interviewed her? Megan Kelly. She did the Megan Kelly show. Uh, I think that's about it. She did another podcast, and then, you know, New York Times, uh, major uh, networks, they weren't interested because it was about a Democrat, a Democrat that they liked. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that just totally unfair? Fundamentally. Hey, Joe Biden, how many of these damn COVID tests are you handing out again? Cut 21.
3: I'm announcing today the federal government will purchase one half billion. thats not million, billion, but a B additional at-home rapid test with delivery starting in January. We'll be getting these
1: tests to Americans
3: for free.
1: Uh, that's a lot of tests. Who's going to pay for them, by the way? And um, on what authority does he mail these things out? I don't. How are they going to be distributed? Who's going to get them first? None of that. None of that. Just details. It felt just so good to come out and say something bold—a half billion with a B. So, just uh, just ten days ago, that idea was scoffed at by the Biden administration. Ridiculous idea. Cut twenty-two.
4: Why not just make them free and give them out to, and have them available? Just send one to every American. Maybe. Then, then what? Ha- then what happens if you if every American has one test? How much does that cost? And then what happens after that?
1: That's a good question. But uh, <laughs> they changed their mind, and it's ha- it's just five hundred million tests. Five hundred million. I am not. Um, if I get sick, I'll just stay home. I don't know. Uh, oh, Biden being. Biden, he got really angry for no good reason yesterday. Cut 23.
3: What happens? like he's going to a coma, maybe die. I don't want to put the kid's life at stake. You strip away all the dignity of a parent looking at their child. I'm not joking about this. Imagine being a parent looking at a child. And you can't afford. You have no house to borrow against. You have no savings.
7: Wrong. It's wrong.
1: It's wrong. Uh he just turns it on. That's what politicians do. They're very good at just turning it on and telling the people what they think they want to hear. What politicians think the people want to hear, that's what they say. No consistency, no follow up, just whatever works in the moment. Um, I had to do that back when I was dating. <coughs> Just kidding, Michael in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Yes, sir.
5: Yes, Greg. Do you think that the creator of our world created other people on other planets?
1: As what? Well? Wait, what?
5: Our creator? Did our creator that created everything on this world in on Earth? Did did he create other planets with other people on it too?
1: Uh, here's my response to that. It's possible. I don't know if what I just said is uh, grounded in the Bible. It probably isn't. I got a—it's a good question. I should talk to some people who know Scripture better than I do. Uh, But off the top of my head, and I've thought about this before, it would kind of make sense— However, it would also make sense that we're the only ones. Well, why aren't we at the center of the universe? Why are we just this one little speck here? That's uh, that's something that God, I think, has all figured out. And you know what? Also, I think he gave us all these things to study and to wonder about and to look at and to keep us occupied. Seriously, I think. What do you think?
5: Well, I, I, I'm having trouble believing that Adam and Eve created—everybody was created from Adam and Eve— I can believe it. I I can't believe all these people in the world right now are created from Adam and Eve.
1: You know, I do think that some of the Bible is uh allegorical and representative and that kind of thing and and there are parables and stuff like that, but look, um yeah, yeah and that may be there. I, but look, the, can... o- o- the the Bible is truth and I believe that is the way and uh but these, that's a legitimate question. Is there anything else out there? I uh, could be, is my answer.
5: I, I, I want to believe that the creator of this world created other worlds differently than he created this world, the, the people I'm talking about. Do
1: you well, I asked, you know who I asked this question to once? Buzz Aldrin. You know that guy? He walked on the moon. And yeah, I but said,
5: "The moon is not a planet, though." You I understand
1: I mean? the difference, but I thought since he's kind of, at least he's been to the moon. I thought I would run it by him. I said, right. "Do you think there's life out there, intelligent life out there?" And he said, "Probably, but we'll never know because it's right. just too far away to find out." And he, he explained right. to me, right. you know, how far things are and light speed. If you're going the speed of light, you know, for a million years, you still won't get to some of these places. So. I don't know. I don't know, man. And I you know, look, I I like wondering about it, but I'm not going to let it ruin my day. I have a feeling you're letting it ruin your day a little bit. You get you are you hung up on these issues a little bit?
5: Well, I'm getting closer to death, Greg, and and I'm starting to wonder is there really life after death? Oh,
1: Michael, I, gee whiz. Uh how why do you say you're getting closer to death? What's up?
5: I'm 62 and this world is really bringing me down. This what is? The world. The oh, great.
1: Michael, come on. The world is... Look, the world is supposed to be... it. The, the world is... Don't... All right. There are some good things in the world, but don't get wrapped up in this. Now, wait a second. Now, what, what do you I mean you're close me to death? You're not old. 62. What's going on? Are you terminal? Are you at an illness? What's going on? No, no.
5: I just feel like... I, I just feel like the world is, is bringing me down. The way Don't the world let is, it,
1: pal. I'm, do not let we, it. I know, but...
5: It's hard for me not to think about it
1: all right you got you got a family
5: yes i I don't have a wife and kids I, I never had a wife, never had kids and i miss I miss that not having kids in my life you at least you have kids that's that's the beautiful thing.
1: you have a telescope? Yes, yes I do. you ever use it you ever pointed at Jupiter and see the moon's going around Jupiter you ever see that
5: Yes, Saturn, I have a Saturn telescope. Isn't yes. it
1: amazing what you can see? yes yes it is you got to stick around and see the things that all right listen michael you don't have any kids but i tell you what you got a new friend michael i want to put you on hold don't hang up on this guy get his phone number okay michael we'll talk make sense thank you all right take care take care uh yikes close to death come on we're gonna fix that situation um uh gail in staten island hello
4: Hi Greg I hate putting these two statements in the same sentence I was driving listening to you Talking about your daughter's first sentence That is the best thing in life I'm glad you're enjoying that But number two What happened to Me Too This group of women with Chris Knopf They put out a printed letter They were with this man for years You know Me Too Said became F you They're all full of it Make a different statement, we worked with them for years, blah blah blah, and the other thing, this woman that you're talking about that you're trying to get on the show, yeah, she's the most legitimate going her mother called Larry Ching they're all full of it, and yep. that's all I have to say well, listen, hey,
1: I'm with you on the um, the Chris nothing I don't know if you saw my show last night, but I put that statement up that they put out, and then I showed the pictures of Sarah Jessica Parker with Chris Noth over the years, and they said, we believe the women. They never even met the women. Now, and the way they talked about Chris Noth over the years, they talked about him with admiration, with uh, with even love. They were close. They were friendly. They could have killed Chris Noth off a long time ago if they didn't like him. So they liked him. They ran
4: him. off the sinking ship like a bunch of rats.
1: Yeah. No, it's... uh. I think they did it for corporate pressure, all that stuff. You're right. That really got me. And I've been wondering about that guy, Chris Noth. I wonder, uh, you know, how he's holding up because this is not right and the whole universe turns their back on him. I hear his friends are sticking by him. His wife has got all kinds of uh, doubts about him now. I mean, 2004, 2004, 17 years ago. They didn't, it took him like, Six hours to lose just about everything. all right Gail I, uh, I'm with you on that one very much. Uh, that is uh that's uh, that's rough uh, what's our situation okay good uh, oh it's time it's time I'll be right back.
0: This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC I love how this build back better
1: just went off like a bomb like a dirty bomb. it stinks. He couldn't manage Joe Manchin. Remember, this is what he said he could do: he could talk to both sides, he could reason with people. This is what he did. He was the the negotiator, right? <clears throat> Handshake man, bipartisan Joe. Uh, cut twenty
3: four. I'm going to say something outrageous. I know how to make government work. Yeah. I've worked across the aisle to reach consensus yeah. to help make government work. I did it when I was a senator. It's what I did as your vice president, working with Barack Obama. Yeah! And it's what I will do as your president.
1: If Barack Obama quickly lost all respect for Joe Biden, I think it started in this interview. Uh, <gasps> uh, it's, they're sitting down 60 minutes right after uh, Obama picked Joe Biden. And they got to ask him, Joe. You know, you're known as a guy who uh, can't control your mouth. You say all kinds of stupid things. You lie. Now, the journalist, uh, who was it, Steve Croft at the time for 60 Minutes, had to tone it down. But you know, this is what he said, and this is what they said. Cut 25.
8: You have had um, from time to time put your foot
3: in your mouth. Sure, yeah. I have. Certain that Senator Obama was aware of that. Um, I'm confident everybody's aware of it. I have a record that people can go back and examine and decide whether or not I mean what I say, whether no matter how I say it, whether I'm consistent with what I've asserted I care about. That's all I care about. And uh, But, you know, there's going to be a lot. I'm sure a lot of things said uh, about it. I like who he is, and I think the American people will.
1: And when Obama said that, by the way, he was like, Look at this. Look at how generous I'm being. I like who he is. And I think the American people will too. Sounds deep, but it's not deep. Of course you like the guy. You picked him for VP. Of course you think people are going to like him. You picked him for VP, but nobody likes him. Let's go, Brandon. Nobody really does like him. Uh, we pick you. Oh, and so after we picked him, he's like, what's up with this guy? Uh, There's a book by Mark Halpern and John Heilman called Game Change. Barack Obama gets angrier than he's ever been in his entire life on a conference call because he's getting he's upset that the staff can't control Joe Biden, that he won't shut up. Just before he nominated him or picked him, he said uh, to the people around him, he said, I can't believe I'm freaking picking Joe Biden (laughs) because the guy was known as a vacuous, vapid um a motor mouth dummy it's true Joe from hey and by the way Delaware we we said this yesterday Delaware the state is smaller than St. Lawrence County which is a county in New York did you know that we have a St. Lawrence County in New York State I personally I've heard of St. Lawrence but I didn't know we had a St. Lawrence County there are like 75 counties up there that you haven't heard of Um but St. Lawrence County is 2,000 square miles and uh uh, Delaware is like 1,900 square miles. Isn't that interesting? I think that's pretty cool that the county executive of, of St. Lawrence County has more executive experience than uh, Joe Biden did when he became vice president of the United States. That is – that's something – All right, hold on a second. Counties in New York State. I know we have a Wyoming County. We have a Shenango County. We have a Broome County. We've got some weird counties that I've never heard of. Or, well, let's see. I did refresh my memory. We have a Lewis County. We have a uh, Warren County. We have a uh, Tompkins County. Uh, We have Wayne County. Wayne County, New York? That doesn't sound very New York. That sounds like... uh, that sounds like North Dakota, Wayne. We have one of those. I didn't know that. Did you? This is so big, so complex, so many lives. So we have a Washington County. I didn't even know that. I guess I shouldn't be so amazed looking at a map. Ooh, but anyway, you guys are still calling, uh, Lou in Wanta. Hello. Uh,
6: hello. How you doing? What- greg um i this is a, a bit about uh, an experience with chris years ago on uh, to exemplify his character chris who chris north
1: oh yeah what what happened
6: well what happened was i'll not forget i was going up for an audition for the jimmy roselli story just going back and he i was going for a, a same the same part frankie suits i was before him and, and I was ready to go up, and he comes walking in. And all of a sudden, all the, all the administrators in the, in the audition will go, oh, no, no, take him, take him. And he stopped and said, no, no, this gentleman was here first. He goes before me. He said, I don't know him from a hole in the wall. All right, that was number one. Then they said, well, do you have, a, do you, uh, do you have an, an agent that called up? I says, I came here, I came here by myself. He says, let him audition. So the man is a man of his word. I guess this is a whole different story, you know, but I just want to say the man's character. He didn't know me from a hole in the wall. He and no we've got and I'll tell you what, I thanked him, I says, You're a man, you're a man, a man of your word. And you didn't have to do that. He says, Hey, I'm not I'm not any different than anybody else. Just want just give you a little ditty of what he was all about to me. You know what I'm saying? And you know there's so much BS in this business.
1: Yeah. So, hey, Lou, uh, I appreciate you. Man, I love that story. That's interesting. And you got an interesting insight that none of those jerks at the Hollywood Reporter have. I think the guy's being screwed. And, uh, I appreciate you. Uh, and I, I can sense that moment. You know what? That's cool. That's very cool. Lou, thank you. Thanks, Chris. All right. As <laughs> that's somebody else. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brian. Uh, oh, a lot of people are upset about that guy, Michael, who called, who's down in the dumps, but we're going to work on that. Hi. Hi, Brian.
9: Hi. Hi, Greg. Love your show. Love you. I'm glad you're on. Um, you know, that guy, I'm 62 years old also, and I sometimes think about, you know, what's going on after we leave here. And to think that our Earth is the center of the universe when it's so big around us, there could be other planets. When we die, heaven might be us going to another planet. This guy should look more positive than he things. There has to be more than what's in our universe and our Earth out there. You know, we might be just a pimple on the bigger universe. So I don't know. He shouldn't be so down on everything. Get a positive outlook on it. I mean, maybe it's a better place we go to.
1: Well, look, when you uh, when you start to think you're really, really small and insignificant, that doesn't make anybody feel that great, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know if that's the answer here. I do know this, though. <laughs> If Michael... No,
9: but this well, gives you an idea that there's more out there than, than what's in this small pond here. Uh, might look, it's field. the world
1: we got. Here's what I'm getting at, all right? All this stuff, all this universe. What are you doing? What are you doing? What's that noise?
9: You... Oh, it's, I'm sorry. I'm
1: driving. Uh, anyway, what was I saying? Uh, all the stuff, like he was talking about outer space and light years away, there may be some other... Damn it. What are you going over?
9: Yeah. I should have pulled over. I'm it's sorry. all right.
1: What do you? You sounds like you're. It doesn't sound like you're driving. It sounds like you ran over lawn chairs. What are you doing?
9: I'm a salesperson, and I had stuff in there. All right. Bottom line or. is this:
1: uh, God made the universe, and God made you, and God wants you to know Him, and you can get to know Him. And if you forget little mental tricks that we can play on ourselves to feel better. If you really want to feel better, get into the Word of God, get into Scripture, and I'm telling you, you're going to feel better because that's the way. And then things will start happening in your life. You'll start seeing things. You'll start it, – It. just. it's amazing. So the, the creator of the universe created you, and he wants to know each and every one of us better. He wants to talk to us. Uh, you know how I feel about the uh, Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible. I think that's the way. I mean, the Bible is just with you. <clears throat> the little notes and stuff like that. Yeah, so maybe I'll tell that to Michael. Thank you, Brian. Safe driving. What do you? S- oh shoot, I wanted to ask him, what does he sell? What does he sell? He's a driving salesman. Shoot, why didn't I- hey, Brian call back? I gotta know what you sell. What's the deal? Is it? I gotta go. Be right back.
0: This is Greg Kelly on seventy-seven WABC.
1: back we're back a hey, uh, real quick joining us for just a few moments fortunately is Jacqueline Carl our hey. newsreader slash anchor how you liking it around here so far
10: so far so good
1: yeah well that's pretty generic you more? <laughs> I don't know I mean um,
10: everybody's very nice uh-huh helpful it's like a real team
1: how are the hours
10: my hours are a little crazy if, if you've been listening you never know when I'm going to pop up. But, uh, yeah, they're good. Um, A little
1: herky-jerky, a little bit uh, all over the place? It's a
10: little all over the place right now, but I'm making so much coin, I don't mind. All right. I'm joking. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) um,
1: All right, so let me ask you this. Uh, What was that story you had about the, uh, the Army is getting into the vaccine business? What's happening?
10: They've been in the vaccine business. As soon as this started, Walter Reed Army Institute, and this is going to be coming up in the news, um, have been doing testing and now they are expected to announce within weeks that they have come up with a vaccine uh, like a, an, a vaccine that will fight against any form of covid a one shot fits all vaccine and this is coming out of the media outlet defense one they still have some testing to do in the second phase of testing but they're very optimistic
1: all right uh i uh I think it'll be it'll be the same thing all over again, though, right? People have I don't know. Well, it's just be,
10: be every variant,
1: every variant, yeah.
10: So if everybody got it,
1: uh, what everybody well, got it? Every variant would no, be dead. No, everybody
10: got the vaccine because they're like a lot of the health officials are saying the reason this virus is getting a chance to yeah, mutate is right. because people aren't getting vaccinated.
1: All right, listen, the science escapes me a lot. I did what they told me to do. I got vaccinated. I'm not pushing it on anybody no, else.
10: No, no, I'm not saying that.
1: No, I no, no no. Uh hey, do me a favor. Stand by. Uh, stand by for a second. Uh, we have with us on the phone uh Tara Reed. Uh, uh Tara is uh well, she made some headlines um uh but not enough headlines in my opinion. Tara Reed worked for Joe Biden back in the early 1990s, and something awful happened, she says, between her and Joe. She was assaulted, uh, and she made her claims known, but very few in the mainstream media uh, investigated or looked into it. Uh, she is a survivor in my book. Uh, Tara reed has been a guest on my Newsmax show a couple of times, and now she's uh, joining us on WABC. Tara Reed, thank you. How are you?
11: I'm good this morning. Thank you so much for having me. You how bet,
1: are you? you bet, Tara. You know we talked last night, and look, we can go into it right now. Maybe we should just very briefly, and you, you can say as much or as little as you like. But let's go back to what was your job for Joe Biden, and if you could just tell us in your own words what happened. How did it, how did things uh, you know how did things fall apart there?
11: Well, I I was a Democrat. Um, For most of my adult life, and um, I worked as an intern for Leon Panetta, who was at that time a congressman. Um, Before I got into politics, I was an actress and a model. I was uh, a dancer in the movie La Bamba, and I had decided I wanted to go into politics. And I had hoped, I had aspirations of even running for office someday so I was so excited to work for Joe Biden, whom at the time I admired, and he was chairman of the judiciary and very powerful. Then, when I went to work for him, immediately, I saw the image was not the reality. And there were a lot of people covering for his behavior already, and he would do things like put his hands on my shoulders during a meeting and underneath my hair and massage my neck. It was weird. And it was strange. But then, you know, I, there came a point where he had asked because he liked my legs or something, and he told that to staff that he wanted me to serve drinks at an event. And I was really offended because I was very serious with my career. I wanted to, to actually be mentored and work, um, you know, and maybe run for office. And so that's why it was, you know, offensive to me. And then, of course, there's the infamous day in 1993 when he – I was asked to bring him his gym bag and he sexually assaulted me and in the Capitol. And I, and, you know, I tried to come forward um, not to the media, but going through protocols and complain. I had filed a sexual harassment report a written one and was hoping to go further. My mother at the time was, you know, wanting me to um, report the sexual assault to the police. It was that serious. And um, I did not listen to her advice at the time, um, and but I did follow through with, this, with the written sexual harassment. And then I was told by Evelyn Lieberman, who was the press secretary, who was one of her assistant press secretaries, and he said, Tara, if you um, go forward with this, we will effing destroy you. And I was in my 20s. So that was a very scary thing, and they silenced me. And so then when the other women came forward in 2019, I thought I would have that sort of protection coming forward. And I felt it was my duty as an American to come forward and to my daughter and to the new generation coming forward about what he was really like. And um, at that time, it wasn't even very clear he was actually going to run, be a candidate for president, you know, or, or drop out or what. And so I did. And I came forward and then immediately got called a Russian agent. And I tried to tell the whole history of Joe Biden. Finally, um, it was very, very suppressed. But then when some independent media brought it forward, Katie Helper Show and um, some others and Fox News brought it forward as well. And, you know, other outlets tried. Um, Then finally, the New York Times did and some of the legacy media. But then they immediately just started attacking and discrediting me, which, as your listeners may know, has been exposed as corruption because... Um, Joe Biden paid one of the founders of Times Up two point two million, according to FEC records, to silence stories like the Hunter Biden story, like my story, about Joe Biden that would look bad and and paid a lot of money for it to be silent in the media. And I was one of the casualties of that fallout. So So as we move forward, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's what I've
1: experienced. So, all right, where are you right now? Like, what's going on? You you told your story. Some people mm-hmm. listened. A lot didn't. And you mentioned they they tried to destroy you. They didn't. You're alive and well. And you've got a podcast and a book. Uh, I mean, what's next? What would you like to accomplish? I asked you last. And here's the strange. Well, that there's that question. And then I got to ask you because I think I heard on the Katie Halper act, a report that you actually voted for Obama Biden in two thousand eight. Uh, right, you did. You voted for these guys.
11: I voted for back, I, like, I, like as in the words of Lucy Flores, who was one of you know the people that came forward about Joe Biden. I was a good little Democratic soldier, yeah. and I really believed at the time in Obama. Joe Biden was just on the ticket, but also during that time, I told friends, which has been reported, um, about my experience being assaulted. I didn't tell the media, but I told close friends about how upsetting it was. But there was no real mechanism or way to come forward with media. And my daughter was young and I was afraid, of course, of any repercussions trying to come forward um, or even being believed. And the book I've written, um, Left Out When the Truth Doesn't Fit In, um, really goes over, you know, what um, happened after the aftermath of how I, you know, when I came forward and how I was treated in the media by the corporate media. And then my podcast is called uh, the politics of survival. And I'm really moved forward from my story, but I'm trying to lift up other survivor stories like Amy Frank, who's a whistleblower regarding the military and their response to sexual assault. Um, Cause there's been some problems there. And I just think, you know, as far as um, economically how it's affected me, I haven't made any money off my creative endeavors at all. And I lost my housing. I lost my work, which was an expert witness for domestic violence victims and advocacy work. I lost my career, basically. Um, I lost everything coming forward. So I'm in a rebuilding phase right now. And my hope is in 2022 that one one member of Congress will open an investigation into Joe Biden because there's never been a congressional investigation. I was a U.S. Senate staffer they need to investigate him because I know more will come forward and I know more information will come forward.
1: There is corroborating evidence. You told a lot of friends. You also, uh, uh, your mother made that phone call and you filed some paperwork. You mentioned uh, that that still <coughs> exists somewhere. You have a hell of a lot more evidence than Christine Blasey Ford and a hell of a lot more evidence than anybody involved in the Chris Noth uh, allegations. And by the way, listen, can I just ask you this? Because, I don't consider all accusers survivors. I just don't. I mean, you know, intellectually, you know that false accusations are made. I want to tell you, Tara, I believe you, but I don't believe all women. And that's one of the things that turned me up, off to Time's Up and Me Too and because that became a catchphrase, you know, uh, believe women.
11: And- well, Time's Up has no leg to stand on, right? Their founders were on biden's payroll when i came forward to them they are a catch and kill for the elite democrats they go after republicans or they'll go after other powerful people that don't have you know that don't have a powerful stake in their organization but they protect the elite democrats and what got shown in the ag the attorney general report is how diabolical this was. Time's Up was actually talking behind the scenes to Cuomo staff how to discredit Lindsey Boylan using my case as a template. And one of the phrases they said was, we can victim shame on the record. The, you know, And I want people to hear that I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat, but, but when you hear the Democratic Party upper staff, a governor of a very powerful state making statements like that to win at every cost that's
1: chilling well i want to ask you this because look um we live in new york we know governor cuomo well (laughs) i was uh i kind of wanted governor cuomo out because of covid mismanagement and that crazy book deal he signed um and i understand yes they were your name was bandied about by staffers but let's take lindsey boylan okay if, if, if you work with Lindsey Boylan, let's say, uh, not you, but if one works with Lindsey Boylan and they know she has a habit of, uh, you know, being disruptive in the office and being, uh, you know, sexually harassing others, which is alleged to have happened and, uh, perhaps, uh, making things up, uh, to further her own political career. I mean, if you're a person accused, I actually don't understand how that's off limits. And I'm sorry your name got dragged into it. What happened to you is wrong. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, this is a you're, – you're, you're innocent until proven guilty. And people – you know, there's a court of public opinion. And as you know, you can get canceled if you say the wrong thing or if you're accused of the wrong thing. And I do believe that you have a right to have your case heard, but I also do believe that those accused have a right to fight back.
11: I agree that you, you that that the accused should have a right to fight back I've been accused right I was accused of perjury when I came after I came forward and 24 years of prison and that got shown that I did not commit perjury but but that's how weaponized accusations can be right um so let's just I mean I'll just talk openly about that because the trolls were just like saying all that I never lied about my education I never did all of that obviously you know that that's been shown to be you know not yeah. true. But it's very frightening to be accused of a crime you didn't commit. And more than frightening, it's destructive to your life. But but when you look statistically, in most cases with sexual assault, only 1% or 2% are are false, according to stats. And only 1% or 2% even get adjudicated at all, ever, um, which is a really low stat. And that's according to like just basic crime. Can, can um, I throw
1: out one other thing? Because I think those yeah. studies have been accurate in the past, but a major monkey wrench has been thrown in the mix a couple of years ago. The okay. financial windfall that has been made, the settlements that we've seen, we've seen women and $30 million at Fox News and all this stuff, you know, we've just seen. Do you think that may have disrupted the system a little bit? Because now none of these things are about courts and cops, you may have noticed. It's all about... um you know, the Hollywood Reporter and this website and this tweet, it's all in the court of public opinion, not in the legal realm. It's. I'm wondering right. if they're not looking for a payout. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sorry, but I think some of the – you can't write checks for millions of dollars in a bunch of different cases and not some people get the message, I might be able to make some money here.
11: Well, I, all I can tell you is that – From a personal standpoint, I can't speak for other survivors on that note. I'm sad that if, um, you know, sexual assaults being weaponized as a political tool and that would be that's wrong. But what I can say is that most of the survivors I know, um, like Amy Frank, who was talked about missile, you know, who whistle blew and testified before the Senate, they they lose everything coming forward. In fact, she did. She lost her career. She got her credentials taken um, for coming forward about the truth. And in my case, I spent thousands of dollars on lawyers that I didn't have. I'm economically destitute. It, and I'm not exaggerating. I have nothing. I oh, Yeah, and so a lot of survivors I know, that's the, mostly what happens. So if people are going for a payout, I'm surprised. Um, and its I don't know how that works. Um, but it's usually not the case. And more often than not, the sexual assault or sexual harassment, it's just, just silent.
1: Hey, do me a favor. Before we go, Tara, uh, our colleague uh, uh, Jacqueline Carl, our news mm-hmm. anchor, uh, drop by. She, would, uh, she has a question.
10: Hey, Tara, okay. I've been listening to you, and that was my thought. As a woman, you never want to be that person. I mean, I just don't – I think in the, for the most part you do lose so much and you don't know what the outcome is going to be coming forward. I think many don't for that reason. So the ones that do, I haven't really seen that be an easy road for anybody.
11: No, you're right. Um, And... I think, too, we're, we're kind of leaving out men. There are men who have been sexually harassed or assaulted true. that don't get their stories heard at all or don't get any justice. And, um, you know, I just want to say it's 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 this world where many things are true at once. Like, for instance, I know I have so many good men in my life. My brothers are good men. Um, and I've had really nice, wonderful boyfriends, not so great ex husbands. <laughs> but, I mean, I've had... You know, most of the men, and I know, I'd say 90%, and Amy Frank says that too, would never do this, um, would never do sexual assault or sexual harassment. So you're talking about a small percentage of men that tend to be, um, you know, asserting their power in a corrupt way. In Joe Biden's case, he literally, I just think he's a megalomaniac, that's my opinion, and he... I was not, you know, not anything important to him. I was simply a dopamine rush for that day, right? He oh, was boy. trying to get me to do something. I didn't do it. But that shouldn't have meant the end of my right. career.
1: Tara, my it point. should not have. And But the good news is, I mean, I know it's tough, but uh, I, this yeah. is not the end. And you got this great podcast, The Politics of Survival, with Tara mm-hmm. Reed, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, Tara, I appreciate you coming on. We have a bit more time on the radio and, uh, to be continued. And Tara Reed, of course, you can follow her on, on social media. And let me just make sure we get your, uh, it's Reed Alexandra. R-E-A-D-E Alexandra. Uh, on Twitter, very active there. And, uh, Tara Reed, thank you so much.
11: Oh, thank you. And thanks for taking the time to talk with me. Absolutely. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.
1: Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, indeed. Okay. Wow. Enjoyed that. Very interesting. Thank you, Jacqueline. We'll be right back.
0: This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC.
1: All right. Thanks for holding on. Uh, Shawnee in Manhattan. Hi.
12: Oh, blessings, and Merry Christmas to you and your family, Greg. Thank you. I, I was listening in the car, and I really have enjoyed your show, especially Tara Reed. But regarding that man that called that seemed so depressed, I want to say that he needs to buddy up with people like you who lift him up with faith. And uh, one day I, I heard a message in my mind, and it said, God made me, God loves me, God is with me. So if he can buddy up with people that believe in something, it might lift him out of his depression.
1: God made me. God is with me. God loves me. Is that how it goes?
12: Well, I heard God made me. God loves me. God is with me.
1: I love it. I love it. We're going to talk to Mike. You know, a lot of people are calling about Michael. Uh, they care. Shani, thank you so much. And here's Annette uh, from Brooklyn who's concerned about Michael as well. Annette, can you hear me?
12: Yeah. Hi, Greg. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Um, uh, with regard to Mike, I know that your heart really goes out to him. And I want to share with Mike, if he's listening, when he knows, when he understands why Jesus came to this earth, Jesus came to this earth that we might have an abundant life. And so, Um, For Mike and Irene, I know you're going to send them gifts of the Bible. I know that. I just feel it in my heart. But can I point them and you that when they should read the book of John, when they get that Bible, read the book of John, and they'll understand why Christ came to earth, the love that he has for mankind, I know that they will get it and it will draw them closer and closer to the Lord they'll understand why they'll understand the purpose for being here on Earth
2: I
1: love
12: How it goes out
1: to them I love it Annette you're right you're right you're right okay John and the Bibles are coming and uh Annette thank you I love it people are talk- talking about Mike uh let's see here uh Mike is talking about uh oh Adam and Eve Mike in New Jersey hello
8: Great, great show. I, I really appreciate this show. I just called to, uh, you can confirm that Adam was a real person if you read the book of Luke, chapter 3. Luke uh, had a write uh, a genealogy of Jesus to prove that he was the, the prophesied Messiah. And in that genealogy, he goes all the way back through King David, the tribe of Judah, Abraham, Noah's even mentioned in this genealogy, and it goes all the way back to Adam. yeah, And Jesus himself spoke about Adam as a real person. So the Bible confirms that. We are descendants of Adam. And if you look at, I think it's in the Corinthians somewhere, where it speaks of Jesus as the last Adam, which shows that Jesus came to the earth to buy back what Adam lost for us. You see, Adam had the prospect of perfect life on this planet,
5: yeah,
8: and everlasting life.
1: And they blew it. They blew it. And they blew it. No, Jesus Mike, died, I appreciate it. He hey, by the way, price. 14 generations, right? Is it 14 or 28? I, I, I know what
9: you're it's talking about. It's 14 or 28.
1: Matthew. Yeah, no, no, I do it. Mike, g- great points, and I thank you. It's in the Bible. Remember that. Uh, Mike, thank you. Catherine is on the line. I'm sorry, you've been holding on. A, I, I feel guilty when people are on, the hold for, on hold for so long. Hi, Catherine. San Diego no you're worry. calling from.
4: Yes.
2: Uh-oh,
1: I, what's up?
4: I heard... I heard you say that you had bad experience with the marijuana. Yeah. And I I had two really bad experiences 10 years apart with two different people I trusted. And I was wondering if you could share whatever went wrong for you. I wouldn't compare.
1: Well, <laughs> I had in, an insane level of paranoia. I just became, I was convinced that people were trying to kill me. I almost called the police (laughs) to come get me. I mean, it was just, it was, uh, and and at one point I was just like, it was, it was not, I was not hallucinating, I wasn't seeing things, but my perception was totally warped and damaged. Does that make sense?
4: Yeah, I mean, not for me, but I experimented because I wanted to see what everybody was talking about. And what happened to you? the color drained out of everything everything went black and white i could barely sit up but i didn't get paranoid or anything like that i just i just realized i was allergic to to it you know so that's anyway. a good word
1: allergic i think i might be allergic my reaction was different but i'm not touching that stuff ever again that was enough for me and i really don't think we've thought about it enough as a country They're just embracing it. You smell it everywhere you go. And forget about driving. My goodness. Uh, Anyway, listen, I got to run. I'll see you tonight on Newsmax.